In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As we enter into our Holy Week services tonight, we encounter directly the events of Christ's Passion. The events of the Passion have nothing to do with physical or carnal passions and are only loosely connected to the idea of our passions being the things about which we are strongly interested. Rather, in these three days, we must focus on a more primal definition of the word passion. We must go back to understanding this word in an older and purer sense of being a love so deep that you are willing to make great sacrifices for the one you love. This self-sacrificial love is what we hear from the lips of Jesus this week and which we clearly see portrayed in his actions. Beginning tonight, we recall Jesus and his disciples in the upper room, and we move on to consider his betrayal, his bloody sweat in the garden, his trials, his beatings, the crucifixion, and the time spent in the silent darkness of the tomb. The opening verses of the 13th chapter of John's Gospel, which we read tonight, draw us into this theme of Christ's love, his love for his disciples, his love for us. It reflects upon the fact that Christ has loved his own and that he loves them to the end to the uttermost, perfectly. The word love in this verse is that agape love which is characterized by self-giving sacrifice, which we see time and again in the life of Jesus. But this verse also indicates that Jesus already knew the hour was come, that the time leading to the cross was upon him. And in light of his pending departure, we can anticipate that Jesus will have some parting instructions for his disciples, which he will teach both by word and deed. His instruction is also for us, and Jesus is intentional in each and every detail. As we look more closely into this gospel passage, we should be looking for what Jesus teaches us about his way of love. As we follow after Christ, we can and should strive to understand this love for ourselves and what it means for how we relate one to another. The setting of the scene of John 13 is familiar to us. The Last Supper, Jesus and his disciples gathered in an upper room sharing a meal. But unlike the other Gospels, John is not concerned at this moment with describing the scene in detail or how they got there. He does not describe the institution of Holy Communion, but rather, as John typically does, he is concerned with presenting who Jesus is and his love. Who Jesus is and his love is central to John and especially the rest of his gospel from this point on. And to help us get the full impact of what Jesus is about to do, John informs us of Jesus' knowledge of the moment that he knew he would soon return to God. But he also tells us that Judas has already decided in this moment to betray Jesus. 
And we know that God has already given all things into the hands of Jesus. There's an incredible contrast here between the Son of God, the one with all the power and authority in the world, sharing a table with the one person bound and determined to see him killed. What does love do? How does love respond? While we ourselves might desire or choose to get rid of the traitor, to get rid of the person in our own power and authority who is the biggest threat to us, Jesus continues his habits of defying our expectations. Rising from the table, he takes off the outer layers of his clothing and girds himself with a towel, taking upon him the vestments not of royalty, not of a king, not of a priest, but of a slave. He fills a basin with water and begins to wash the feet of the disciples one by one. This is culturally completely upside down. Washing people's dirty and dust-covered feet was a role that even Jewish slaves were not tasked with. Remember even John the Baptist the greatest of the last prophets before Jesus, says that he is not worthy to untie the sandals on Jesus' feet. John the Baptist dares not wash the feet. He is not high enough for that task. The washing of feet is reserved for the lowest dregs of society. And yet here is Jesus the one who sits at the right hand of God, the one with the highest in authority and position imaginable, who has been given all things by God, puts himself in the lowest possible social position and goes from disciple to disciple intentionally, carefully, thoroughly washing and drying their feet. Although not stated directly, it is implied in this that he even goes to the feet of Judas and washes them. How stunning a scene. John Chrysostom, in talking about this in one of his homilies, says that he who sits upon the cherubim washed the feet of the traitor. It's completely upside down. The love of Jesus, the way of love, takes no pride of place. It pities even his enemies who need yet to know and experience what God's love looks and feels like. Only when Jesus gets to Peter does someone say what you and I would probably have already been thinking. This is all wrong. You, Jesus, you wash my feet? That's not the way this works. Jesus I can't accept this kind of sacrificial service and love from you. This upside-down love is not the way our world works. And if we will remember, this is not the first time that Peter thinks he knows better than Jesus how the world works. And like that time, this time also, Jesus needs to teach him and us how love really does work. We have to come to understand that unless we allow Jesus to humiliate himself for us and to love us with such abandon that we share not in his kingdom, 
We can't understand what it really means to be a Christian unless we allow and experience the depths of God's self-sacrificing love for us. This is our first lesson in the way of love. Are you willing to let God humiliate himself for you? Would you allow Jesus to wash your feet, to take out your trash, to clean out your sewer? Or do you think God is too good for that? Or perhaps that you are too good to let God do that? What Peter and we need to learn and remember is that we are incapable through any efforts of our own to be good enough for God. We cannot clean ourselves up enough. Only God, through the person and work of Jesus Christ and the power of the Spirit, can do that work for us, and we must allow it. Judas was unwilling to allow this reality to sink in, to see the way of love how Jesus presented it. But for you and me, we must allow this entire self-sacrifice of Jesus for us, not just the washing of feet, but all the way to the cross and the grave. He must do for us what we cannot do for ourselves in order for us to be clean. The way of love begins this way, that we do nothing and can do nothing apart from Christ's love for us. But the lesson for the disciples and for us did not end there in this gospel. After demonstrating such sacrificial love, Jesus calls his disciples to model the same behavior, that his disciples should wash one another's feet, and that command has much less to do with actual foot washing, although perhaps we should do that from time to time too. It has more to do, rather, with the kind of self-sacrificial love that Jesus models, not taking pride of place. We as the church are hereby regularly called to examine whether we are willing to follow this example of the way of love, to lower ourselves to serve the needs of those around us, especially those among us in the church. The way of love is allowing the love of Jesus not only to reach us, but to flow through us in our actions and behaviors as we care for one another. In this strange time that we're in, maybe that is just staying at home and socially distancing ourselves to protect not just ourselves, but those around us who may be more threatened than we. Perhaps it looks like being one of our willing volunteers, of which we have many who would go shopping or go to the pharmacy for one who should not or could not be out and about. But what about this? If Jesus is willing to wash Judas's feet, who in our life might we be needing and willing to serve that has wronged or offended us? Not saying that we should suffer that wrong repeatedly, but in what ways do we heap coals of kindness upon their heads and follow Christ's example of loving to the end? What amount of healing and cleansing would such service have in our community and in the world? Such is the way of love. It gives everything. Without question, without reserve, foolish abandon, and yet so beautiful and so loving. 
May we allow that love to sweep over us in these three holy days, rejoicing eventually on Sunday at Easter. May we ever be changed by such love. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.